Guys, the time has finally come. We have a real way forward to talk about for Major League Soccer right here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And potentially more exciting, it's our first outdoor show. We're giving this thing a shot. We'll see uh, see how it goes. Yeah, it would have been nice to be back in the Heineken MVP club. You know, the doors go up on that. This would have been a perfect time of year for that. But since we can't be there, we're up here on the rooftop tonight, and it feels pretty good. Yeah, you know, we'll see if there's a, a Heineken MVP club equivalent potentially, um, you know, in Orlando here in just a few weeks. <laughs> but uh, before we dig into that, um, there's a more important topic we've got to bring up first. Um, we obviously did not have a show last week um, out of respect for and solidarity with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. And you guys, Joshua and Sam in particular, um, had a great opportunity to take part in uh, the I Can't Breathe painting at Audi Field, which sounds like was an idea that came about from ownership, reaching out to uh, Bill Hamid, Chris Duyachum, some of the other African-American players on the team. Um, what was your experience like? Yeah, it was really great. Um, I think it was something that was kind of put together pretty quickly, which is great that the team was able to mobilize on that. Um, I think we got the call like 30 minutes beforehand, like day of. They were like, hey, you want to come down and do this? And I I know, you know, if this was non-pandemic times, the team would have probably been so welcoming towards the entire community to come and take a part of that. But as it was, you know, trying to meet DC and MLS guidelines, it was a, it was a pretty small group there, but it was, it was pretty, there were a lot of different people there, right? That we were there. Um, I think individuals from the other supporters groups were there. There were folks from DC scores there. Like it was, it was a pretty good diverse subsection of the dc united community yeah it was nice to see everyone come together for that uh, i mean it's it's just a gesture but it's something that we could all make and it was encouraging to see most of the front office there i saw a lot of faces a lot of people like hey we miss you thanks for coming out uh, it was cool yeah and then um you know jason levian came out he was there also and you know he came out and he spoke to the fact that you know he wanted this to be more than just a gesture and this was something that the team wanted to you know move forward with and this was just the start but you know action needs to follow things like that and I think we've seen a little bit of that um, with some of the other media that's come out of DC United I know Bill and um, Charity from DC Scores and Ben had a really good conversation yeah and Rodney Wallace was part of that as well critical conversations um, midweek this past week I know um, I I got a chance to watch just the very beginning of it and then got dragged back into a work call but um, I do know it's still available and you know a couple folks that I talked to that did get to to take part in it live said it was really good so um, I plan to, to circle back around to it this week. Um, and, and i got to give a shout-out to um, our friends at Filibuster. Did, had a great interview with Chris Duyachum this week. Um, very powerful conversation there as well, You know, sharing his experience growing up not too far outside the D.C. area um, and, and kind of comparing that to, to what the hosts of that show went through. So that was a, a really good listen as well. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's promising. You know, it's really unfortunate that this has gone on for so long, but I think – you know, it's good that it's all coming to light. My heart was really heavy um, for the past couple of weeks. But I think if we see, you know, all these organizations moving forward and taking real action and, you know, if we as fans hold DC United accountable to taking that action, too, I think, you know, that's how we start doing our part. But, um, you know me, I'm always optimistic. I'm just trying to be optimistic and say that that this is all good things coming out of it. 
Speaking of good things, there's an airplane flying over right now, which could be an indication that air travel is starting to pick back up again. <laughs> if you're wondering what the loud noise is going on in the background, one of my questions for you guys, uh, you know, it's really cool to see all the pictures. And it's also just a very difficult time in the world to be going through all of the protests as well, just because of the threat of COVID-19 that obviously we've talked way in depth on on this show. But what was that like, um, you know, being in, in that environment with players who obviously are scrutinized right now and and unfortunately it sounds like one of the dc united players did test positive for for covid19 just this past week but you know we're, what sort of protocols were in place i mean obviously folks were wearing masks but yeah masks and, and there were gloves and and like you said as a fan I, I just wanted to make sure i didn't have any sort of contact i mean i knew i wouldn't have gone if i had any sort of you know symptoms of you know illness or anything but yeah it was in the back of your mind like these guys have a job to do and I mean, everyone in the world does, and that's how we should be treating it. But especially these guys, I didn't want to mess up my team. Like, that would feel yeah, terrible. Yeah, I mean, luckily, you know, it looked, It sounds like the player that tested positive, while they haven't released the name, it wasn't anyone who um, went to the painting. So, you know, that's pretty good that something negative didn't come out of that. Um, but I also thought it was really co- cool that the players brought their families, and there were a lot of kids that were also running around and, like, helping to paint. Like, you know, I was painting with Ben Olsen's kids for a little while, and he was talking to them a little bit about what it meant. So it was just cool to kind of see um you know that I, I think you wouldn't bring something your family to something if you weren't taking it seriously so it was cool to see them interact with their kids and kind of teach them about like why dc united was taking the stance you know it's an interesting uh you know we, we always you know talk about how important we view soccer and uh i think for all of us we kind of see how sports often reflect the culture around us and so to hear about and doing an event like that and the kind of the new normal as things are starting to reopen in the DMV area and people are starting to go out again, uh, getting a feel for how that's going to look moving forward and how that impacts everything, including uh, showing up to a soccer match or just you know an event with the team. It's kind of fascinating to see. Uh, obviously, wish it wasn't necessary to be showing up in masks and you know keeping yourself safe, but that is what it is. Yeah, it's interesting weeks ahead for sure. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned, one of the players unfortunately did test positive for COVID-19 this week, but it sounds like that player obviously was not there uh, last weekend. And just breaking earlier today, DC United are scheduled to begin full team training tomorrow. Uh, so they did get the approval to do that. This will be the first time that, that they're going to be doing the, the full team sessions instead of the small groups that they've been doing over the past week. And then, of course, for a long time before that, it was just the individual workouts uh, that a lot of players were doing on their own. So, I mean, super exciting news. We've got a tournament coming up. We've got full team practice. I mean, I, you guys have played soccer a lot longer than I have. Well, I mean, how much of a difference is that going to make for these guys? Oh, it's completely different. And and while we were at the event, and Kevin Paredes was so excited, and he was like asking Earl Edwards Jr. like, "Are we going full team next week? Are we going like is it happening?" They were so pumped for it. And I know, I mean, they're competitors. They're going to go out there. And this is what they do. They want to go toe to toe and prove that they're better, or you know, better than they used to be. And I I think it's the world of difference. We're a little bit behind the curve here, uh, which has me a slightly worried. You know, we we found out the DC and I will be playing some teams soon, and. Some of these teams have been playing together for a while, but I think I think the team will hit the ground running. I think they're I think they're ready and they're they're up for it. Yeah, I don't think this I don't think they're going to use that as an excuse, right? I mean, DC United is not going to fall back and um, say that we didn't have as much time as other teams. I think they're going to go all in and you know really start training hard and getting prepared for this tournament. I think that time that they're going to be able to spend um, in Orlando preparing for the tournament is going to mean a whole lot too. 
You know, we've talked before about how you've got some new faces on the roster and you know, the team is going to look different than it has in past years. So I'll be very interested to see whether the time off and the, the break puts everyone on a more level pegging when it comes to getting out there and shaking off the rust and figuring out how to play with each other again, or if that means you're just further back when it comes time to get out there. I imagine it'll probably be a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I certainly never played at the level that uh, these guys play at, but there's only so many times you can touch a ball in your backyard or run sprints by yourself uh, to replicate being out there and you know working with your teammates, knowing where they're going to be, figure out how to execute and coach the game plan. It's it's a tough task, but yeah, they're professionals, and I'm sure they'll get to it. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of rust today, and in, in, uh, you know, I watched some of the La Liga games coming back, which is exciting. And we can talk more about world soccer later in the show for once, since we've got you know some more domestic topics. But you're right, um, you know, seeing some players just it's been so long since they've had you know practice together and then also playing against another team as a whole i mean it's going to be what over four four or five months four months or so i mean we just went through an off season (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Um, and not to get too much into the world soccer but i watched the the italian copa game with Juventus, and i'm I'm watching renato who's supposed to be one two one or two in the world and he looked terrible like he he didn't have a touch or anything so man i don't want to I don't want to put down the tournament, unless I'm sure those guys will get ready. I I hope it's not like that. Uh, I think the tournament down in Disney will bring out the competitive fires in all of them, and and maybe they'll care a little bit more than than what it is that has to. Yeah, I I have all the faith in the world that you guys will put down the MLS tournament. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, we're not going to put down the tournament. What are you talking about? (laughs) I know know exactly where we're headed here, and we got to talk about it. Um, So the tournament, uh, you know, it's – MLS, the first men's sport, obviously, in the U.S. to return uh, a week or two behind the NWSL. They're going to have a big chunk of the national attention on them. And um, all the time in the world, they come up with a great name. They took the first name somebody threw out as the only thing I can come up with. It's called MLS is Back Tournament. Um, I don't know if we ran out of time there. I, I think or? maybe it was, like, available as a hashtag or something. I don't know. Well, they what do use kind of MLS is Back for the opening week of the season, so maybe that's what they – that yeah. makes it even worse. I think. <laughs> it's be it's more descriptive. I mean, <laughs> Lord knows we don't need another randomly named tournament during the middle of the season that, that they might think about doing moving forward. So maybe I'm okay with <laughs> That's not true. having that. But. Um, so it does kick off July 8th. Um, some of the important things to note here, the group stage games, there are six groups, five groups of four, one group of six, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. <laughs> um, each team will play three group stage games. Um, all those games are within your conference unless you're in Asheville and you're actually in now your second conference of the year. <laughs> second conference of your history. Right. <laughs> three games in. Um, but then as you move to the uh, knockout stage, those games will not count toward the regular season standings, obviously, because everybody would end up with an uneven number of games by the end of that. But so you ask, you know, why, why did the players care? Well, there's a $1.1 million prize, um, which is significant. But you also get the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League berth uh, that was kind of rumored for a while, and they weren't sure how they were going to pull it off. Um, that took the place of the highest finisher of the non-supporter shield winning conference, right? So um, one small nuance is that Canadian teams are actually eligible. So if Montreal, Toronto, or Vancouver uh, win this tournament, they would get the slot. So. Oh, that's... Uh that's fair. I, I I think that's worth it. The one point one million dollars is is interesting to me because there's been a lot of disconnect recently between what MLS makes money wise and what the players are getting. So I wonder if if the Tam guy balls out in the tournament and like wins it for you and like 
requests the DP spot, and he's like, "Look, I earned you one point one million dollars. Do, do you have to? Is that what the players are playing here for? Or, I don't know. I think the money's going to go to the players, though, in theory. Like, I think that purse money goes. Oh, so to it's like the prize players. money, like a hundred thousand a piece. I have to assume that's how they got to one point one, but. I, well, I guess, but then just for this, then only the starting 11 would get paid, right? So, like, I don't mean, but there's no other, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know how they got to 1.1. None of either. those five subs get anything. <laughs> you have to start. <laughs> well, I mean, you got five subs, like, you can make up for it. I don't know. I think it's a little bit ridiculous still. I, I do think the CCL qualifying is interesting. I, I think we all kind of expected it to come from the U.S. Open Cup berth. Uh, I don't know if we've seen any news on whether that's going to happen, although we've not. I tend to I not. doubt it, uh, considering where that tends to fall in the hierarchy. But to take it away from the regular season, yeah, that's probably the lowest priority of the slots. But And I'm not sure how I feel about allowing the Canadian teams to take those spots either. I've heard Ikebar go on the record and say that he hates CCL and he would be glad if he didn't make the tournament. So I don't know if the players will be up for that one. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. yeah, I don't. I don't think it's something that they're super competitive for. I mean, I think perhaps like once oh, they you're in the tournament, a shorter off season and they have to travel. All over the, yeah, the and like the beginning of the season's messed up. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's a there's a very fair question you could ask of. Will there even be a CONCACAF season next year? I mean, we've seen qualifying for the World Cup has not come together yet. It doesn't sound like from the general board meeting this past week that we're any closer to that because even as domestic teams are starting to open up, it's a whole new variable with international travel. Um, so, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you don't even know if uh, if this is going to happen. But there's enough riding on a tournament, and I think we're glad to have some former soccer rack, you know, We'll see how it goes. From my perspective, I I can't wait. I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. I know I've heard, I think, from all three of you in various times that you guys are maybe not as excited about I go back and forth between, is this a joke or am I excited to Listen, see DC United play? <laughs> I, I know you're excited. I'm I know it. so excited for MLS soccer to come back. Like, I'm very excited to be watching DC United and all the rest of the, you know, league be playing again. I just, I don't understand the point of having these other games that don't matter towards your season like to me that just says something about how the league is looking at the rest of the season after the tournament and about how it's going to be an incomplete season like they're not trying to fit all the games in well yeah I don't think there's any chance we're going to get to the 34 that well we not all the for. games yeah but it to me it says that they're less concerned about getting those in and more concerned with I don't know playing the silly tournament and I was listening to an interview with Don Garber while, where he was talking about how the league was kind of going through this process and this was pretty much the only idea that they had was that they were going to do some kind of tournament and that changed several times over the course of you know, the last few months because initially you had no idea when teams were going to be able to practice you were thinking you had to get everybody there in order to do any kind of practice and then move on to doing the tournament and obviously we've gotten to where we are now but it sounds like they've been trying to adjust along the way and you know maybe some of the things are misses but you know it is what it is and now this is what we got to look forward to I think the big thing I mean I think we all recognize why they had to go to a neutral site in order to restart in any capacity just because so much of the US is, is Be- just not because they're cheap and didn't want to play for their flights that's <laughs> they're chartering down there, right? I so. think there's still like the risk of travel right now. Like even if you're on a chartered flight, you're still in a new city. Like you're still, you know, staying in a hotel. You're experiencing different things. Like I think that comparing the way that MLS is handling it, comparing it to how like the Premier League is handling it, those are like two completely different. Yeah. Like you can't have that conversation because England's so much smaller. Like, so Sam, are you suggesting that they should have waited 
to restart the season until we could just start a version of the regular season again? Or are you saying, like, Disney's fine, but they should all be regular season games? Like, what's, yes, what's no. your ideal scenario? Yeah, I'm saying that Disney's fine. They should have all just been, like, regular season games that count towards the season. And then, you know, you have some semblance of postseason at the end of this. You know, I think having it in a neutral location is fine. I think that all the people are saying that MLS is so far behind these other leagues because they couldn't figure out how to have every game in the home stadium is a very unfair statement because again just like travel in this country is so different you know each city is I mean like we said earlier DC United is one of the last teams to be able to play so is it fair to ask you know one of the first teams that we're able to play to come to DC where they're at a higher risk of being infected like that doesn't seem fair to me this country is so big and there are so many different criteria in each city like I just don't think that's fair we're live on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the MLS's back tournament. I think it's a good idea. I hope we think it should be done differently, scrapped all together. Tweet the show using the hashtag Tried and True DCU if you'd like to join the conversation. Yeah, and you wonder, too, with coming back and, you know, we talked about this being the first men's league to come back, and WSL will be out there beforehand, and I think we're all looking forward to seeing that as well. How much of this is... MLS looking at this as a marketing opportunity and saying the casual fan who hasn't seen anything in a while can tune in and say, hey, you know, there is a tournament going on. Maybe they don't have strong feelings about whether the tournament should matter or not, but right. they're more likely to say, well, these guys are playing for something. I'll, I'll, it will grab my interest, and if I end up watching five or six games over the course of a few weeks, maybe I'll become an MLS fan. Yeah, that's forward. five more than they would have. I, that's exactly uh, right. We talked about it before about the optics of this tournament and how it appeal to to the outside fans and I, and I was questionable until the draw happened and and I know we don't <laughs> want to it's it's a giant can of worms but literally like every single rivalry got randomly chosen I am not going so, so we left the tinfoil at home we didn't bring it but I want to know though yes or no everybody's got to answer myself included was the draw rigged Joshua I believe Charlie Davies no it's just Sam I, yes, have a hard time believing that that was completely random. Black? I don't think it was, but it wouldn't take a lot to swing me the other way. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think it was rigged, but it is a bit comical to think that, like, it was just so MLS, right? Like, the morning of the draw, they laid out how this whole thing was going to work. We already had questions. You moved a team to another conference. One group's got six teams somehow instead of doing two groups of five in either conference. Who knows? They did the 16 group, and then, like, that morning random press release comes out we're putting Miami in that group yeah. just because we want to kick the game off with the Florida teams which by the way nobody nobody can go to the right game, it literally doesn't matter <laughs> but also I think you tweeted out a, or you sent up not tweeted out but you sent it within our group chat like you sent a picture of a screenshot of them an article that oh, was yeah, like the, the results of the draw and it had been posted the day before I do think that the draw was pre-recorded oh without a doubt I, I think they pre-recorded to make sure that like somebody didn't accidentally pick ball or easter egg eight and it had already been chosen or something like i think they did all those things i don't know they actually made it look more fake. i don't know you know what i have a hard time seeing why they wouldn't have pre-recorded it but there were also quite a few clumsy moments that i was like if i were in charge of this i absolutely would have let them re-record they that. left in the part with the 3252 guy trying to rename probably correctly so trying to rename el trafico I have strong opinions, but I feel like the league wouldn't have left that in if they had pre-recorded. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I still got to trust Charlie. Davis. What Charlie Davis says is what, what happened. I, so I think 
this you know, leaving that in plays right into why I think MLS chose to do the tournament this way of like three regular season games, we got to get some more, and then we have a tournament because everybody in the U.S. loves playoffs, loves tournaments, right? And they've got the market, right? I mean, that, that's what you guys were saying earlier. Like, they're going to have a 9 a.m. game and then 8 p.m. and 10.30 every night for like a month. And there's baseball can't get out of their own way. I mean, baseball <laughs> is in the worst shape I've ever seen of coming to an agreement here. So, like, they're out. NBA, we got players ready to revolt and not play at all in, in that tournament. So that could go down the tubes. Hockey is kind of gone dark. I mean, it sounds like they have a plan, but I, I don't know exactly when it starts. And then, obviously, NFL season doesn't start until the fall anyway. So, you know, looking across the other major sports in the U.S., it's – women's soccer and men's soccer that, that have gotten it together and i think they want to take it all advantage of that and i, I don't know I, I guess my only concern sam would be if you know dc united is playing cincinnati in prime time on a saturday night for a regular season game i mean i don't know if people are going to be excited to watch that right. if it's not a knockout game and they're not a you know they're not us and, and, and that's why the teams teams were seeded into this anyway if, if they're just regular season games you wouldn't see it anyway you just cast you know, pick straws, and that's who you play, and that's what it counts. And seeded based on whether they made the semifinals of the tournament of the MLS Cup last year, right. not based on regular season standings or if you made CCL or any of these other, you know, various machinations that we put into it. Just saying, hey, you've made the semifinals of the tournament last year, which is apparently the only thing we care about. That's what informs your seeding for this completely unrelated thing. <laughs> this yeah. whole thing is so MLS. I, I mean, I, I guess they had to seed some teams. For some reason, I, I, I was no, a little I, bit I don't think confused they did. on the seating no. as a whole. I mean, you could for, for regular season games, it's just—I mean, we follow a pattern, but it's basically random. I, I don't know why this. Yeah. could they wanted matchups. They, they did, and they got them. They certainly got them, whether it was it right. was fake or not. And now it will be El Tráfico in prime time, just just like you said. And, and they'll get the TV viewings, and they'll get the guy that wasn't going to watch. And that's, El- and that's why I'm like, this wasn't completely random. You know, maybe they didn't give Carlos Bocanegra a list of eggs to choose, you know, but I think it was definitely Kate, because this is MLS, and, you know, and anytime LA needs another player, they just throw him another DP <laughs> slot. Like, I think that they catered it to what they needed this tournament to be to meet the MLS Counterpoint, goal for the tournament. DC United had a good draw, so I don't know. They why, did. That wouldn't make sense. I don't know. The league doesn't rig anything for us. Yeah. I, I think that might have just been a byproduct, though. <laughs> I think we were just not high. They rigged on, enough things, and DC United got just, like, a good fell draw. fell into our result. lap, yeah. Let's talk about that draw. We'll break down all of the groups here, but what we'll do is we'll throw it to break first. I'm out of beer. I need a new one. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> and we'll be right back. We'll talk through all the groups right here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Casts the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. 
Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. And we are back here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And we just broke down the way the groups came together. But now we got to talk about how they came out. So as I mentioned, six groups, uh, five groups of four, one group of six, the Eastern Conference were gifted Nashville uh, <laughs> as, as part of making this even numbers on either side. Um, and as I mentioned, the, the draw started actually way earlier than we thought when uh, Thursday morning – morning news cycle MLS dropped a little nugget that the uh, that Inter-Miami would be entered into Group A with Orlando so that the first game could be um, calling it the Florida Derby what are we what are we calling this do we know they'll come up with something cheesy yeah. the Disney Derby or the Disney like Derby that. that's actually not bad that could work it's better than uh, hashtag MLS oh no no I, I've seen it it's FC versus CF that's what the Derby is called FC no versus way. CF no it's like on social media <laughs> <laughs> get out uh, so, as you mentioned, teams were seated in the East. It was Orlando because I don't know. We got to give them some at some point. Uh, <laughs> Toronto and Atlanta uh, were seated, and then in the West, Seattle, Real Salt Lake, and LAFC. Um, DC United came out in. I think we all agree, probably the best situation, at least with the way that this draw went. I mean, it could have been like we could have been in a group with like Nashville. Uh, Toronto was seated, obviously, so like maybe you sub Nashville and, and Orlando in or something, or Nashville and Cincy in. But no, 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 we don't. We'll play Cincy again. That's true. Maybe we'll do better away uh, or neutral. Um, <laughs> but Group C is where DC United landed: uh, Toronto, New England, Montreal, and the Black and Red. And yeah, you know, I remember watching this happen, and I was like, oh, you know, maybe Group A might not be the worst. Like you could dodge getting a couple of the good teams and whatever. And then as Group C's coming together, I'm like, nope, I want to go there. <laughs> and that's where we <laughs> ended where up. We so. went, yeah. <laughs> what What do you guys think? It's Group Cupcake. That's what the C stands for. <laughs> DC United has a pretty reasonable shot to get through. I mean, there's the team that beat us in the playoffs last season and besides that I, I don't see really any challenge <laughs> and the team that ended our <laughs> oh no never mind since he's not in the group <laughs> no 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 just <laughs> but but really familiar foes and I, I think Ben knows how to beat these teams so it should be fun yeah we only have to come in second right it's yes the top two teams. second place or a third place yeah. if we look good but I doubt I doubt with our group that we would get one of those third place bids yeah. Sam you're such a proper soccer fan we only have to come in second because like there's no way we could win the group <laughs> we <laughs> just gotta know at the bottom of the ball I have been a DC United <laughs> fan for as long as I can remember and I understand lovingly how we can sometimes bottle like playoff and must win situations so 
I think that we will make it out of the group and then I'm excited to see what happens out. Although I was jokingly saying earlier that as much as I have been, you know, not the biggest fan of this tournament, that probably means DC United's going to win it. So you're welcome, everybody. It should be fun, though. So you have Toronto, like I said, who knocked us out. They have Bradley and Josie Altidore, who are like the villains of the U.S. men's national team. Josie will probably be healthy. Jo- maybe. Maybe. N- one, maybe like 20 minutes in and then, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> um but then you have Montreal, who's now coached by Henri, and then New England, who's coached by Bruce. It, it's uh, there's a lot of familiar ties there. It, it should be dramatic, maybe. I don't know. There's been some interesting articles coming out, especially on MajorLeagueSoccerSoccer.com. You know, talking through the tournament, talking through you know all of the coverage, right? And a lot of the analysts were getting dogged for calling New England a playoff team at the beginning of the season. And yet, I think in one of the articles I read was like, hey, you know, DC United should be a dark horse in this group. Like, they've got a great shot to get out. Like, a lot of the players have played together for a while. Like, they shouldn't need a ton of time to spin back up. The group's not that hard. We got to finish in third behind the Revs. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, we could very well finish third or fourth in this group. I, I think it's a it's a pretty good draw, but we ha- I haven't seen enough out of this team this year to make me feel terribly confident. But Well, no one has, but yeah, true. Um, no, we're absolutely making it out of this group. I don't. I don't know if I would say absolutely. First or second. Absolutely. First or second. Like uh, Sam, I don't know. New England, we're we're pretty hot for parts of last year. Bruce is going to get that team. Bruce will get his team into the playoffs no matter what, right? He, he's done it time and time and again. I don't want to bet against him. Did they make the playoffs last year? Um, did. did he make the World Cup? They were. They were seventeen. Yeah. No, that's right. Okay, they snuck it. But uh, he got them hot. They've got some cool new DPS. Carlos Gill. Uh, Bo plays for them. Really fun player. Montreal is a big question mark. I don't know if Henri is a manager, really, or if he's even managed Montreal at all yet. It, it should be interesting. Now, if he lifts up his boots and got out there, it'd be another question, perhaps. But I think the biggest thing I wanted going into this group selection was not to be in the group of six. You know, From a competitive standpoint, I'd rather you have the opportunity to play all the people you're going to be measured against and if DC finds a way not to make it out of the group, it will be on their own head. Yeah. Whereas if you were in that group of six and you only played a couple of the other teams there, you could potentially not play even the two teams that advanced and won the group. So that was really all I wanted, and I was glad to see it. It easily could have been a lot worse. I mean, you, it, we could have taken Cincy's spot in Group E, and it would have been Atlanta, New Jersey, and Columbus, and I would have been, I'd be feeling a lot worse about this. You know, Group A is interesting, and, and I think I told you guys, even though I went on record and said I didn't think it was rigged, one of the things that I found fascinating <laughs> was that the way Group A shook out, you know, because obviously not everybody plays everybody, but there's not a single team in that group that either plays both New York City FC and Philly or plays neither of them. It worked out that everybody gets at least one of them, or everybody gets exactly one of them. Um, and that felt to me as one of the things that was a little bit questionable. But as we go through some of these other groups, I mean, obviously, they made it happen. So Group A is Orlando and Miami, New York City FC, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Nashville. Um, so I, I, that group, it's going to be tough to get out of there. I mean, there's a couple easy teams, but I, City and Philly are good. I'm glad it's that way because, I mean, they crash out of playoffs every year, but City and Philly were pretty hot mm-hmm. for, I mean, maybe maybe a couple seasons now. Uh 
I could imagine a group where Chicago, Nashville, and Orlando are in a group. They're the three teams that play each other in that group. And then a terrible team that has never made the playoffs gets through. Maybe that's why they seeded it, so we'd avoid that. Not never with Chicago, but, like, (laughs) in most people's lifetimes, never. Yeah. I I think they – it doesn't matter. It's just a fun tournament, right? It's going to be fun. I'm look. I'm looking forward to the Orlando Miami game. Honestly, I think it'll be fun. I think that will become a bit of a rivalry. It's tough that their first ever derby uh, is is behind closed doors, um, but I, I think that'll be fun. And it'll be interesting to see if Nashville can can get something going because I mean they they had a lot of momentum with fans and stuff to start the season, and you know it's they're they're going to have a tough road coming back from this if if, if this entire season is you know behind closed doors, but. Could they get something going in Group A? Who do you guys have coming out of Group A? Oh, I want to do – I'm surprised MLS hasn't done this, but I, I would enjoy, like, a pick'em style where where you, like, earn points to if by picking who goes through. And maybe we'll stop around. Yeah. That, that'd be fun. Uh, I think for Group A, if NYC and Philly can both get through, then that's what's going to happen. Has they, to be, right? They're, they're by far, in a way, the best teams in that group. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um I mean, th- those teams consistently be DC United and the others don't. That's that's my bar. <laughs> that's your bar. <laughs> Black. I agree. I think NYC and Philly. I also can't imagine Orlando finding a way to advance. I, if I had to guess, I'd say either Nashville or Miami ends up as one of the threes and gets through to the next round. Yeah. I could see Chicago sneaking into the next round and then like fizzling out pretty quickly after that. Um, I also don't think the winner of the tournament is going to come out of this group. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a group from the West, so. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, so let's, before we get back to DC United's group, let's go to group E. That's the only Eastern Conference group we haven't talked about yet. Atlanta was seeded, and they landed Cincy, the Red Bulls, and Columbus. Thoughts on group E and who you might have coming out? I think this is this is the only group that you can make an argument for group of death. I think maybe group F, where we're in what, uh, LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston, Portland. Portland chokes all the time. Houston will show up for spots of a season. Merritt Paulson just heard that. He's coming. Galaxy recently have started choking. LFC have never not choked. So I think Group E is the group of death minus Cincy. Is Portland going to be able to bring their log to Orlando? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Maybe, maybe they'll, they'll just they'll have one of their media folks chop down one What's of the palm trees. Like a palm tree. Polynesian <laughs> no, or something. Timber Joe is one of their essential people yeah, <laughs> that they go. bring down. I don't know if I want the teams to recreate some of the things they do at home <laughs> or if I just want them to say, this is Orlando, we're going to hear, be, be here, play the game, let's get it over with and then get back to the regular season as soon as we oh, can. I want it. I as, want long it. As, they, <laughs> as long as the media coverage does a better job of creating an atmosphere than the fake fans that La Liga pulled from like FIFA 98 and <laughs> dropped into these stadiums, like we got to you got to do better than that, guys. The, Don Garber has talked about like doing some innovative stuff with with the media cast, but I'll I'll get back to my the uh, the other Eastern Conference group, Group E. Red Bull Columbus is starting to become a little bit of a classic in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh I think Red Bulls choke again, but Columbus chokes also. So I'll put Atlanta and Columbus, but I could see a third bid going to the other team since he loses. All I've got games. Atlanta and Jersey. Yeah, I think I would go for Atlanta and Jersey too. I think Atlanta and Jersey. I would like to see what Atlanta does for striker. They haven't played a game without Ooh. Joseph Martinez. That's it's a big point. Well, they did play the CCL game, but uh, I think they're still trying to figure it out. They've had plenty of time to think about how they're going to do it. Uh, but I think each of these teams beat Cincinnati. Three points might be enough to get you in consideration for that 
potential best fourth team, best that's, third that's, place team. That's a really interesting point and one I was going to ask you guys. I mean, what do you think the point threshold is? I mean, four third place teams across all six groups are going through. It's going to depend on how the teams come out and play it. You know, some of them are going to potentially come out and bunker and see what happens. Uh, yeah. You're not going to have teams playing at home or away trying to you know, capitalize on those advantages. It's really going to depend on how the teams approach this and how they're going to, to play it out. So that said, I would expect that you're probably going to have some rusty games and yeah. some free goals, and you're probably going to need three or four points to be one of those four third-place teams. Well, I think that whoever third place in Group A, right, they basically automatically right. get out. The way that the teams play each other and the way that divides up, like there are more points be, yeah. for grabs in that group. So I think I think that's happening. almost assured. And then yeah. you have, what, three more third-place finishes out of five groups? Yeah. I don't see DC United's group getting it unless the play is just phenomenal. I could see... I think five points you're through pretty much regardless, right? If, you, if right. you can if you can pull that, you should be through. You may not even need to dip into the third places. Four, four points, you got a decent shot. If it gets down to three, um, that'll it's it's got to be the best three point team probably. I, I think, but I think it'd be very hard not to finish this top two if you've got five points. Right, right. No, I would agree. <laughs> and, le- and maybe maybe unless you're in Group A, that could be the only. only yeah, that's through. what I mean. They're just more points up for grab in that group, so I think that points wise is going to be the really interesting one to follow yeah so before we switch to the west let's let's go back to group c for dc united um guys i it's got to be toronto and dc for me right it has to be although i fully expect dc united will make a sweat it out i I think they come in second in that group what do you guys think Henri had montreal playing really i wouldn't say well but he had them playing a system in ccl i watched both of those games and they didn't win the the second one to go on but he had them playing the way he wanted to play and if they are able to to emulate that they could steal points off of it i don't think they'll beat teams they were playing super defensively like basically didn't want the ball ever i I could see them stealing points and maybe that could be the undoing of new england or dc united toronto go through for me because they've proven their top players come in when they need them and then Man, I, I hope DC United gets there. I think my problem looking at this group is that if you're trying to figure out who's going to be the best third-place team, you've got to have a team that scores goals. And DC United hasn't really shown an ability to do that yet. If we get in and have you know a 1-0 game, then say a 0-0 tie, and then lose another game 2-0, I don't know if that's going to be a margin that's going to put you through as a third-place team. So I think you've got to finish second. I think they're capable of it, so I would probably go with D.C. and Toronto going through, probably Toronto winning the group. But I would not be surprised if we're sitting here sweating going to the third game, trying to game out possibilities. Could also see Ben just squeaking three one nothing wins and, and just topping the group. Yeah, Or a couple one nothing wins and, like, a 0-0 draw. Like I oh, think. The, the last game of the group, if Ben's got six points, he's bunkering the whole time well, zero zero. <laughs> so you say that, but I was just thinking – you know, these count for the regular season, too. So, like, in theory, that third game, you shouldn't really be resting players, right? Like, if it was a World Cup, which is what they're billing it as, like, a World Cup-style tournament, you would be. But as Sam's pointed out, we don't know how this regular season is going to end. I mean, I think the hope is that they're hitting 20, 24 games. I don't know if the coronavirus is going to agree with that. And so it, it does – yeah, that third game, I mean, if you're through – you better still be playing for all three points because you might need them. Do you care the about ends. the three regular season points or resting your squad for the MLS's back bracket? 
I think you have to approach. I it. really hope the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to approach it like a tournament, though, because as soon as you get out of that mindset of you're here to win, uh, you're yeah, here yeah. to advance, then you might as well go. And ben did your that in the playoffs, and it killed us. Or yeah. no, the game before the playoffs, yeah. and we came out so flat. I mean, Ben kind of does that a little bit, right? And if you look at our recent history, like if he feels comfortable with playoffs, he'll sit back a little bit and kind of ease the, ease pump the brakes. But then that just really takes the momentum out of the team, and I hope that doesn't happen again. But I mean, yeah, John, I'm glad you brought it up because I'm trying to you know piece out how these things are going to go but not knowing how the rest of the season will be I think yeah like you you can't sit back for that last game and maybe you use your five subs more aggressively in that game if you're already through but these guys have had four or five months off playing a third game in the space of a week or 10 days or whatever it is yeah you want to be you know have your edge but just play the games yeah, and I don't think we've seen – I know we haven't seen the, the schedule with dates and times, and I'm not at all frustrated about it. But <laughs> if we play, you know, the team that's, like, already eliminated in the group last, potentially, and let's say we're sitting on six points, you know, you could go for a win, but, like, maybe you're also getting guys like Griffin Yao, Kevin Bredes, Eric Sorga, real minutes. And I, I think we'd all be super excited to see that happen. Um, we've got a few minutes left before Steven Birnbaum joins the show. Um, let's try to go through the West really quickly. So Group B, uh, we've got Seattle, Dallas, Vancouver, and San Jose. Um, who do you guys have coming out of that group? Probably Se- Seattle and Dallas. I think I'd go Seattle, San Jose. San Jose was playing strong down the Listen, stretch. my heart said San Jose. <laughs> I just didn't. Oh, no, I think I, that I, Dallas has. I think I don't think about Dallas as a good team, but I think that they like steadily have a, been building. So I, I could see them like really trying to powerhouse it through. They sell before they get there, though. They sell every time before they get there, and they don't have the DP to carry them. So I'm with Black on this one. Seattle because they're they're talented and they're they're won the MLS Cup. They'll be ready, and then Almeida will have San Jose running and pressing the entire field for this tournament. I, I think Dallas. Fails again. Vancouver will just not score a point. I would almost. I don't <laughs> think you need a DP to carry you through three games, though. Like when you, when the rest of your players are eighteen years old, you need someone who's got that experience. I don't think through. the pressure is as big in the MLS's back tournament trademark as it would be in the playoffs. So I'm going to take Seattle and Dallas. Uh, let's go to Group D: Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado, and Minnesota. This one is a bloodbath between teams. <laughs> Teams that actually hate each other, and and they're all around the same sort of quality. Real quick though, RSL SKC. Yeah, I mean, I I could see it going all the ways, right? Because I think none of these teams have like really been in form. Oh, RSL made the playoffs and were hot, knocked out. Yeah, yeah you know, as I was Dallas. saying it, you know, RSL like Colorado. RSL was seated. Come on, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I think sport. Yeah, but weren't they the ones that were like seated because they ran out of ways to seat teams? They so found like, ways to win. Yeah. They found ways to win last season. I think for me, I think Minnesota goes through. I think the strong defensive performance they put on last year lends itself well to tournament games you see this year. Um, and I think Sporting comes back. They had lots of injuries. There's something to prove. CCL issues last year. This is generally a team that you expect to be right at the top of the conference. And the fact that they weren't in the conversation down the stretch, I'm sure, is about to be grading at them. Yep, I'm with you, Black. Sporting and Minnesota for me. Group F is the final group. LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston, and Portland. I'll jump. Uh, LAFC, because they're the best team in the league. LA Galaxy will go because Houston and Portland will crash and then Portland will go through as well because they'll get a third place team because those teams are remarkable I would switch yeah I don't know I might switch Galaxy and Portland but I I would agree with those I think yeah three would 
go out. I think LAFC definitely goes through. I do not know which of the other teams is going to be second. I don't either. I'm stuck too, right? I I could really see Houston or Portland surprising us. I think you kind of expect Galaxy based on what we've seen in the past, but they're still their defense is terrible. Yeah, and they don't have. I mean, they've got Chicharito, but they don't have the magic that was Zlatan anymore. I have a hard time choosing. I think if I had to go out on the limb, I'd probably go with Portland, but not surprised if the other two gets over here. I think I'm going to agree with you there as well, Black. I, I've got LAFC and Portland going through. The Galaxy will go through um, as, as a third-place team, I think. Um, it, it is kind of funny. I joked about it earlier with the, the Timbers owner being upset with the draw that Seattle got, but when you look at it, I, my final question before we, we uh, go to break and break Steven on was going to be, which group is the group of death? Group D and Group F are both tough, man. I, 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 don't, I don't see a group of death in the East. I guess it's Group E minus Cincy. But in the West, D and F are just tough, man. And, and B, there's not much to – I don't think it'll be. I think they're, like, tough for different reasons, though. I don't think you can fairly call a group a group of death if three of the teams could still go through. I think if you were doing a single elimination setup, then we can have that conversation about you know, whether it was an unfair draw or what have you. But – in this case, you've got to get one win and a draw to get through. I don't really think you can call it a group of death. Well, the whole thing kicks off July 8th. Teams will be headed down to the Swan and Dolphin Resorts at ESPN's – sorry, Walt Disney World. The games will be at ESPN's Wide World of Sports, as I mentioned earlier, 9 a.m., 8 p.m., and 10.30 p.m. daily. Uh, so we're obviously going to talk a lot more about this tournament uh, as, as we lead up to it. But for now – We'll toss it the break. Uh, we've got DC United's captain, Stephen Birnbaum, joining the show here in just a few minutes on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU.
This is Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken, and we came roaring back there, <laughs> but we're excited <laughs> because we've got DC United captain Stephen Birnbaum on the phone. Stephen, how you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the show. Um, first things first, we're obviously still living in a semi-quarantined world, so how are you and the family holding up? Yeah, all is good over here. Um, you know, we're just, uh, you know, I think, I think everyone's getting a little, you know, stir crazy, and um, you know, as things start opening up, you know, we still want to be careful and you know, try and practice social distancing as much as possible. But you know, we're getting out and going on a lot of walks and stuff like that. But um, no, we're, we're we're enjoying camp time and um, yeah, just just kind of hanging out mostly, <laughs> not much else to do. No, that that's good. I bet you're enjoying being a stay-at-home dad for the time being. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah, definitely, definitely doing a lot of uh, dad work around the house. My wife works uh, full time from home, so yeah, I'm I'm on dad duty when when I'm not at practice. No, that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned um, obviously we're still staying safe and wearing masks and practicing social distancing, but the city is starting to open up slowly but surely. Um, what are you most excited to get back to? Any you know restaurants or favorite parts of the city that you're excited to go visit again? <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we just love going to, to restaurants. I think that's, a, you know, something that my wife and I enjoy the most. Um, you know, we just really enjoy going out and trying new places and obviously going to some of our favorite places around the city. So, uh, you know, now we have a daughter and we want to take her out there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good for her to be out and, you know, around other people besides just us sometimes. So, uh, no, we're excited to get back out there and, and just have some good food. I think, uh you know, she's probably getting sick of my cooking and uh, vice versa. <laughs> Any recommendations? Um, yeah, I mean, we're we're really excited because uh, you know, our our favorite restaurant in the city was uh, Le Diplomat, and then we loved going to to brunch at um, you know Peacock Cafe down in Georgetown. So we're excited to get back to those 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 two restaurants. Those are kind of the staples for us. It's great to hear, Stephen. We know you've you've called DC home for the past few years, but you're originally from california so with all this news about a tournament coming up is it disney world or, or disneyland which one's better <laughs> i mean i always grew up with disneyland you know I, I was uh i lived 15 minutes from disneyland back in uh california as a kid so you know we had season pa- season passes and we would go after school you know just occasionally like once a week and uh, no, it's just crazy because we were just so close, and um, yeah, we were really spoiled. But it, I think I went down to Disney World as a kid once, um, as a fa- as a family when we went to Florida. Um, so I'm excited. You know, I haven't been back there in a long time, and uh, no, it's it's amazing down there. So they're going to do a great job with the the tournament, and uh, you know, we're just excited to get back to be, be able to play. Really, is the biggest thing. Before we dive in on the tournament, was there a go-to ride back at Disneyland when you were hanging out there growing up? <laughs> um i think it was splash mountain for me um i just i thought that was cool i think uh just being able to you know go through the water and no i, I don't know why that one just sticks out for me always a classic so yeah. it, it sounds like you're going to have plenty of experience in the orlando area in the next you know few weeks or so what are your thoughts on you know getting back out there and this tournament that mls has come up with and how do you feel yeah, about the I name think... mls is back yeah, I mean, it's 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 just great to be, you know, be able to play. I think that's the biggest thing. Guys are just really excited to get out there and um, to be able to play. You know, we're, we're starting, you know, our first full training um, as a team, I think, um, uh, tomorrow. So that's when we'll really get back into it. Um, you know, I think the league did a good job of kind of making making sure there was incentive based for, you know, the players and teams um, throughout the tournament, you know. So 
in the group stage, you know, the, the points, uh, count towards this season, um, you know, and, you know, whatever happens after this tournament, you know, we'll, we'll have some form of season, I guess. Yeah. And then, and then we'll have, you know, I guess, you know, there's, there's a CONCACAF champions league spot, you know, if you win the whole thing. So, uh, we're just excited to get back down there and play and it'll be kind of fun. It's something different. Yeah. We saw the, uh, the draw come out on Thursday with the, uh, you know, teams that we've got lined up, uh, DC United being Group C with Montreal, Toronto, and New England. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the draw there? Yeah, excited about the draw. Um, you know, we, you know, we're very familiar with all those teams. Uh, you know, obviously we'd like to get back at Toronto for, you know, what they did last year in the playoffs to us. Um, so that would be great. And, um, you know, we know the teams, we played Montreal this preseason, so we kind of know a little bit about them. And, uh, you know, New England's always a tough opponent, but, um, you know, in our eyes, we're, we're going in there to win this thing. So, uh, you know, we're, we're thinking, you know, all these teams are beatable and we're going to go in there with that mindset. And, you know, it's, there's no home field or away, you know, advantage. So it's, it's basically just a neutral site and, you know, best team's going to win. No, that's super exciting. And, and we're all really excited for you guys, obviously, to be back. And we're glad to hear that you're, you're in it to win it because it's, it's, well, the first games are regular season games and we need those points. Um, you know, the, the chance to play in CONCACAF again is something that excites me as a fan. <laughs> so hopefully that's something you yeah. guys as players are, are looking forward to too. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned training with the team, and obviously yeah, starting tomorrow you guys finally get to go back to, to full team practice. You know, what's the atmosphere been like over the past few weeks, at least in the small groups, and, and how excited must you guys be to, to really get back yeah, out there? Yeah, it's just a little weird, you know. Obviously you go there and it's you wear a mask, and everyone's you know, far apart from everyone, and you just and basically we only did passing and it's a lot of fitness and it's a lot of just technical work and so you get you get some form of fitness from that but you don't get i guess game fitness if if that makes sense there's a lot more cutting involved when you're reacting or trying to defend or you know dribbling at someone so um it's just going to be nice to get back in a soccer format i guess we, we've just been doing so much passing and you know there's only so much you can do with that so it, it'll be good to get back to competitive and um competitive i guess little games within practice which is what i love i love that for me as defender to be able to go and tackle someone is is great and i haven't done that whatever three and a half four months (laughs) yeah uh, i think we're all super excited for y'all to get back and um start playing again you know while you're playing those games we've seen you uh get the captain's armband back this season uh what is it like to be captain of dc united right now yeah, it's exciting. Um, I think we've got a great group of guys um, and, you know, a, a solid team. And, you know, I've been around, you know, the league not long enough. And uh, we, ha- we have a ton of a ton of uh, veterans on our team. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm the captain, but, you know, we also have a group of leaders in the team that, you know, everyone's going to have to pick up their slack and, um, you know, kind of, you know, hold everyone accountable. So it, it's good. It's exciting. I, we got a great, great group group of guys um you know we've been talking throughout the whole uh quarantine and you know we did zoom calls we did some happy hours and everyone's just excited to get back together and and, and do it but um no it's 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 always an honor to, to be a captain for you know uh dc united yeah we we've seen some changes to the team i mean i, I remember watching you when you were back there with boswell and then camp and, and we've seen these these great players come and go but you've always been back there for us uh what has that been like? How does it feel to be almost a stalwart in the back for us? Yeah, it, it is crazy because a lot of these people are, you know, the, the, the guys that come through are, you know, your friends and you have um, great relationships with these people and, you know, and they, they 
it's kind of weird because I have been here and it's very, I think it's rare that, uh, you know, players stay at a club for a long period of time. So, uh, you know, I've been very thankful to, to be here and we love the city and we love the organization. So I'm very thankful, but it, it is, it is tough sometimes seeing uh, your friends come and go and guys that you enjoy playing with. So um, it, it's been fun meeting new guys and, and having that, but you know, it's, it is tough having to deal with, uh, you know, I guess, um, cohesiveness at the back because you know you rely so much on on the guy next to you. Sure. Yeah, you talked about how you all have kind of kept together during the quarantine, doing Zoom calls, things like that. It seems like DC United's got a lot of new faces uh, on the squad this year. How has uh, helping them assimilate been going, and you know, how, how has that whole process been? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, and that's why we tried to, to tried to stay in touch as much as possible during the quarantine was. You know, we do have a lot of new guys where, you know, they need to learn um, how we want to go about playing. And so we, we not only did we do a uh, group call with, you know, the staff and um, front office, you know, once I think it was every Monday, we, we hopped on, you know, a 30 minute to an hour call. And then we would do, um, you know, on Thursdays, I think we would do like tactical sessions with defenders with uh, the coach. And then, you know, midfielders would have their own session and the forwards would have their own session. And we'd go over film. And so, that was great. And then sometimes on Fridays we'd have, you know, just a team happy hour where guys could, you know, have a beer and talk and, you know, just kind of talk about what's going on in their lives. And, and I thought um, our group did a really good job of staying in touch and, and kind of, I don't think we're going to miss a beat coming back into the practices this week. What can you share with us about the, the team happy hours? Like, is there a, <laughs> a class clown on the team or a drink you guys all enjoy together? Or what's the, what's the vibe like then? No, everyone kind of, you know, had their own drink. Um, Fred was cooking in the kitchen one night, which was cool. Um, and, uh, you know, some guys would have wine, some would have beer, but it was more of just guys talking about what was going on. It was also a lot of stuff talking about the union and what we were um, going through at that time. Yeah, there was a lot going on there. Um, obviously, you guys lived it, and um, we had <laughs> we had Russell on like right during the middle of it, and, and obviously learned afterwards some of the things he was dealing with as the as the player rep uh, in yeah. retrospect. But I'm sure you guys are glad to have that all sorted. Yeah, well, shout out to Russell. He did a great job um, at our team rep. I mean, it was a lot of work for him, and um, Ebor and our union did a great job to get get through this, and we're just happy to be able to you know to play and that was the biggest thing and um you know wanted to be treated fairly and uh that's that's what happened and russell and the, those guys did a phenomenal job of informing us and giving us all the, uh, the information we needed no that's awesome and, and speaking of of playing again right i mean there's thinking back over all the years i've watched you play there's this is maybe more of an rfk days thing but we've still seen it a little bit recently when you moved to forward late in the game when we're pushing <laughs> for an extra point or you know trying to trying to um trying to bring the draw in right so like how did that get started and 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 you gotta love when that when you have that opportunity right oh i loved it um yeah i did love it as bad as you know because it's it's kind of sucks because you're obviously down or you know you need a point but or a goal or whatever so I did love going up there and trying to make one but my my job was just kind of to create chaos you know um, make sure the ball you know just comes down somewhere in the box and I can just kind of flick it on or nod it on to someone or if I can get it on goal that's great but um, it was just to create chaos and to cause havoc with the other center backs or full backs back there and make them think a, a, an extra big body in there so um, I did it a lot in college too, um, so it wasn't really new for me when I came here. Um, and you know, it, I think there was one year where it just it kind of worked out a lot for us when I went up there at, at RFK. I remember these days. 
That's awesome. We'll maybe see. We'll see a little bit of that um, down in Disney for this tournament. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it. Um, but switching gears a little bit, um, obviously there's a lot going on off the field. Um, Joshua and I were lucky enough to be at Audi Field last weekend um, when you know, fans and front office and the team came together to paint I Can't Breathe across the field. Um, and I know you were there with Gene and Coco. Um, so I was just wondering, you know, what your thoughts were on that gesture that the team made. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's a, you know, a, a really crazy time. And, um, you know, we're trying to do anything we can to, you know, support, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and all of that. The, you know, the George Floyd death was really you know, tough and obviously there's systemic racism, racism going on and, um, you know, anything we can do to help out and, you know, make, make things right is, you know, what we wanted to do. And, you know, that was our support and I thought it came off great and, uh, you know, props to our ownership and, and the front office putting that together because um, I thought it came out beautifully and there was a great turnout from the guys and a, a lot of support there. So we were happy to just be part of it. Uh, my wife and, and, and baby just loved being out there. So it was, uh, we, we had fun and um, no, it was just, it was for a good cause. Yeah. I, I think it was just your wife's birthday. So, right. Uh, her birthday is, is tomorrow actually. Oh. So um, well, we will be yeah, celebrating. Well, happy uh, birthday. You know, I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, making pancakes probably in the morning <laughs> for her and, and that type of stuff. But well, no, we're, we're, uh, we're having a good time being home as a family right now. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to her. I think I saw you in, in a pretty heated cornhole game with uh, Cfi. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, so it's it's nice to have a good buddy back in town. Yeah, as long as he's he's not like becoming your agent and trying to get you to go out to the galaxy as well, <laughs> no. then then, no, then it's he, fine. No, he's he's doing great. No, he's uh he's just out here. And, um, yeah, it's 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 fun to see him start a, a job in a new uh, you know a new a new career. Speaking of other teams, I mean, is there you know obviously we've got leagues starting up finally again overseas i'm i for one am super excited for the premier league to come back this week are there any teams you know over in europe that that you support or you're really looking forward to, to seeing come back while you guys are putting the finishing touches on the mls return there aren't any there's not like a specific team i would say um i think i'm i'm excited for the premier league to come back up I, I don't really support one specific team i used to be a chelsea fan as a kid growing up but i kind of phased out of that but um no i'll, I'll watch you know, any soccer that's on, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, the Premier League is just the biggest thing for me. I, I've been watching, I watched some uh, Bundesliga today, and that was fun, but uh, the Premier League is just a little bit different, you know. Sure. And, you know, we got one last question for you. Uh, every player that we have on, uh, we ask this question to, so we're interested to get your response. All right. In, in 30 seconds or less, why should we as supporters buy a jersey with your name on the back? Wow, um, I like that's a great question. All right, so so I'm selling myself right now. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we might have to rethink it now that you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think uh, no. Just for me, I'm I'm a, I'm a hard worker, steady guy. Um, I'll do anything for the team. It's not not really about me. It's about anything that I can do to help the team win. And uh, I've been here for you know seven years, and you know it's the only club that I've ever played for professionally, and so. Um, hopefully it's the only club I ever will play for. So I think that's uh, a pretty good reason. So you'll have a, a guy that's never played for any other team. No, that's awesome. And we, we certainly hope to see you finish out your career here, hopefully with, you know, a couple more trophies, maybe even a Disney yeah. cup to go. Uh, <laughs> Trust <laughs> me, I hope so. I, I, I really hope I don't end my career with that. So, we'd love to, love to get these going. 
For sure. Well, listen, Stephen, thank you so much for, for taking the time to be with us, especially on the eve of your wife's birthday. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, have a great time this week back at track practice with the guys. And uh, best of luck getting prepped for Disney. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. Thank you. That's DC United Captain Stephen Birnbaum. And that's a show for us this week, guys. Thanks so much for uh, for listening to us here on Tried and True, the DC United Postgame podcast presented by Heineken.